Welcome back to the Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Armstrong. My guest this week, an absolute beast, Tim Kennedy. Um, the, for those who want to see, we actually did a workout just before we recorded the show. Uh, for those of you who want to watch some of it, not all of it, I wouldn't allow that. Uh, go to, over to our YouTube channel. You can see uh, some really cool clips of, uh, it's actually their workout. I jumped into, look, I'm trying to justify how lame I looked in the workout, but it, these boys hit it really hard. It's much different than what I normally do, but I was excited to try to get in there and test myself, but you'll see some great footage um, over there on the YouTube channel for the Forward Podcast. Um, before we get to Tim, though, a couple things. Uh, I managed to survive spring break with nine kids down in Baja, California. Congratulations to myself. Um, <laughs> but having said that, it, it was a neat experience to be with uh, to be with my son and four of his buddies who are seniors. I think we all who have gone through high school and, and gone on spring break that senior year, we all know what that's like. So it was neat to experience that with them. They had a heck of a good time, uh, as did all the other kids. And uh, hey, we made it back. Last thing before Tim Kennedy, if you're in the Austin area, you don't even need to be in the Austin area because it's now world news. It's, you know, the top story on a lot of these sites that I scour the internet and see is is the bombs uh, that are going off in Austin, Texas. So here's this, you know, just this cool, funky town that everybody loves to live in. And then next thing you know, somebody just starts leaving mysterious packages on people's doorsteps. They're not shipping them. You know, I think a lot of people think that they're shipping them. They're not. They're actually driving up and placing them on, on somebody's doorstep. And they're detonating either uh, when somebody picks them up or when they open them. And uh, a couple of people have died. Some other people have been seriously injured. Um, I just got back late last night. And I got to tell you, it's, a, it's in the air. Like even I went for a run this morning and it just, even I was looking around going, ooh, I, yeah. the last bomb was with a tripwire. So people are scared here, and so I just you know just shout out to my hometown and let people know that uh, let's all hang in there and hope for a quick resolution here, and and uh, and certainly hope for no more um, injuries or fatalities. But um, and 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 again, uh, you know, thanks to APD Austin Police Department here for for you know getting on this as best they can. Obviously, it's tough to to uh, to investigate the, the the four bombs that have taken place, but then you know the police force has taken on a tremendous load because now people in in Austin, any mysterious package anywhere they see, they get called. So they're literally getting hundreds of calls a day uh, that they have to show up for, and they've committed to show up to every single call they get to check any mysterious package. So uh, to the APD, hang in there, guys. Uh, we love you. We thank you for your service. All right, my my guest this week, Tim Kennedy. Well, look, I don't even know where to begin. The guy is an oversized personality. He's a former MMA fighter. He's a Green Beret. He's in the Special Forces. He's a sniper. He's a he's a monster in the gym. He's a father to three kids. He's got a new show coming out on the Discovery Channel, which is something like How to Kill Tim Kennedy. Like that 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 was the sh if the show was like How to Kill Lance Armstrong. There would not be one episode. He he signed up for a bunch of episodes. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it, and uh, I know I certainly did. And um, Tim is is not only that, but he's a patriot, and uh, he's not only all those things. He's an amazing patriot. He is now re-enlisted and is now going back overseas uh, to war to uh, 
you know, to protect our freedom. So, Tim, thank you for that. And uh, hope you guys enjoy. Talk to you next week. Tempted to start with how you tried to kill me in that workout, but and we start wherever you want. The, it, I had nothing to do with that. That was pure one, and one is um, that's why I love. If one coaches us, it ends up being like, you know, he's coaching an athlete. But if one's participating, right. well, he's trying to beat us, and that is always better. Yeah, yeah, that, and it's good when they hop in. I, I mean, I think it's. I mean, we've crossed paths up there at Honor a bunch, and. You know, I typically train with John Wolf, and he trains with me, and and you know, it's it's good to have. But I've never done a, a group like that where it's timed and the shit is written on the board, and you have to look at it and you have to realize that you just got smoked. My fa- my favorite thing to do in the world. Um, so in, in sniper stuff, we call it a cold shot. So you pick up your sniper rifle. You're not warmed up. You haven't done any drills. You haven't dry fired. Uh, you pick up your sniper rifle and you have your cold bore shot. And that gives you the first snapshot, a peek as to like what you can do um, cold. Right. You know, like just flat out go. You know, and it's always going to be different. The, the, your dope, the data of a prior in- engagement is going to be a little bit different than every other shot you ever take. And the cold bore shot, I think, is the most important shot. Um, in competitive shooting, it's the same where I don't warm up, I don't do anything. Um, one of my training partners or shooting partners, they'll be like, okay, this is the drill that we're going to do. I don't want to, I don't want to see it. I don't want to do it. I just want to go. Cause that's going to be the only time that you're ever going to get a, a opportunity to get a snapshot as to like what you can really do. Right. So showing up in a walk workout like that, where one's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And all of us, our brains, like I saw your brain, your brain spin. Okay. How can I do this most efficiently? Where am I going to be exerting energy? How am I going to like, like cost versus gain analysis of yeah. everything that I'm going to be doing, knowing that I have X number of minutes and this is not the only thing we're going to be doing. So again, you're kind of like gaming it a little bit, yeah. but it is the best snapshot of who we are as, as athletes kind of stripped down. And I love that. The first set where he's, you know, it was the, the, the sled and then the this huge ass tire and then throwing these heavy balls over. Mm-hmm. But, and then as he started to write the names on the board, you know, he went one, two, and three, and that's where I was like, "Oh, thank God, I only have to do this three times." I was like, "If he goes four, five, six, I'm going to be like, come on." But I was proud of myself. I finished. You're amazing. That Thanks, was, bro. That was thank um, you. And you were pissed at me. I was pissed at the end. Well, that you know, that's my that's my uh, the first part was your game, and the second part was my game. Yeah. We, well, we got to the bike, and you were almost done with the bike. The <laughs> when I got to it, um, but then. You know, it, it puts wattage out. Yep. Uh, so even though we were measuring calories, uh, you were doubling my watts. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were spying on me. I, I was wanting to try to catch up to you, which mm. obviously was a complete idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and those bikes are that's they're, they're a little janky in there. No. They, that, that was all soul and complete weak integrity on my part to essentially quit. I should have faked an injury, Lance. That's what I should have done. Oh, my back. <clears throat> so I want to get, this is super uh, time sensitive just because you, you just flew in two nights ago and mm. you from, and we can get to the Discovery Show in, in a minute, but 
um, you were there filming the show, yeah. and you were five minutes from Parkland, Florida, mm-hmm. where we're you know from the high school, from where we obviously you know the entire country, the entire world knows what happened, and you got to spend some time over there and and with kids, with counselors, with yeah. teachers, yeah. So the, the police force. What we were doing at the time, we had a bunch of paramedics, EMTs, law enforcement that were with us for the sh- for the TV show I was shooting, and pagers started beeping phone started ringing and we just had to stop because we had to send guys that were with us because hmm. we're the cl- i mean we're the closest extra bodies you know um, besides guys that were kind of on shift you have a handful of special forces guys um a bunch of cops a bunch of paramedics a bunch of emts a bunch of firefighters so those guys just hopped in trucks and cars and zipped straight there hmm. um obviously it's not appropriate for me to to do anything so i just we just kind of hung back and waited to see how we could help. Um, go back in time, hell, 20 years. I'm an 18-year-old EMT firefighter at Tascadero Fire Department, brand new as a uh, as a seasonal firefighter. We get a call, you know, beep, 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 a Tascadero Fire. There is a vehicle, uh, TC, a, tra- a traffic collision on 101 heading southbound. So we get there, and there's a church van that uh, had sp- that had flipped over in the middle of the night. The driver had fallen asleep, and there was a bunch of women and kids inside of it. And this was the first time I ever had to do triage. I'm an 18-year-old kid. Hmm. And, um, you know, 12, 13 women and children spread out across the highway, almost all of them dead. And uh, that, you know, that's before I got into Special Forces. That's, I'm, I'm in, what am I, a junior in college, sophomore in college. Uh, I graduated kind of early, so I was like, already EMT, already at the fire department, um, but not mentally or emotionally evolved enough sure. to to catch what was happening. And and I don't have a lot of post-traumatic stress from any of the things that I've done in war, but looking back at these kind of women and these children and not knowing what to do really hurt me. Um, and then I go on to become a Special Force sniper, a Green Beret, a Ranger, a UFC fighter. Um, I, I think I have insight that a lot of people don't. Um, having been involved in so many mass shootings, having been involved in war for 16 years, I was just kind of unfortunately at the right place at a really horrible time. Mm-hmm. So I could help um, in whatever ways I could. And I know what happens when cops and firefighters and paramedics, they they, they see those those poor kids in their minds for the rest of their lives. And they think if I could have gotten there 30 seconds sooner, I got a tourniquet on just just five seconds sooner, I could have saved that life, but I didn't. And they carry that, you know, that survivor's guilt. So um, I have a real weird approach to preventing uh, post-traumatic stress. It's uh, you get on the horse, you know, you get back on the bike, you get back to work. Um, So that's what we did. Uh, I put on my social media as like anybody that wants to come and train, I will be setting up shooting courses, fighting courses, active shooter courses, tactical medical, medical courses, and we found a place just um, about an hour away from Fort Lauderdale where we brought every single person that we could in and we let them sweat, we let them bleed, we let them train, we let them cry, you know, teachers, uh, faculty members, and uh, and all the first responders that were present. It was yeah. freaking heartbreaking, hmm. you know? No, I can't imagine. And in the kids, you know, to the, uh, you know, because I've never been in that situation, right? And, and just crazy to think that that, shooter there just sort of filed out of the school like he was another kid like, but, a, like a true sociopath yeah and so but all the other kids eventually walk out and they're walking past 17 of their 
you know, dead fellow students. I mean, looking at that, I mean, that you can't ever, I don't think I could ever shake that. Never. You know? no, no. And never. you won't. Not if you're human. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's it, something happened. I mean, look, man. I mean, and I know, I know your position on this, uh, on the, on the, the issue of guns and, and I have my own position. Um, I bet our positions are a lot more aligned than you think. Well, we'll get to that. But I don't. If 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 Newtown didn't change it, and Orlando didn't change it, and Vegas, did, something happened here that, that it just changed the diet. It seems like, at least if you follow the press and and you follow the pressure on the politicians, this was different. This it's this, not different. It's the same. The but people are responding different. They are responding different. Like, um, and the kids responded different. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about kids. You know, if you're making videos uh, eating Tide Pod, and then you can think that your sixteen-year ass can change the Constitution, I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do care is that you know what, what is insanity? Insanity is when you're doing something the exact same, hoping for a different change, hoping for an outcome that's not going to be the exact same. And we're giving when you're letting people get access to guns that shouldn't have access to guns and you're letting people that are on medications have access to guns right. um, and think that something's not gonna happen again, then we're, we're completely insane. And that's what's happening right now. And I think this was finally the straw that broke the camel's back. We're like, holy crap, this is just another kid that got a gun and went and killed a bunch of people. At what point are we gonna wake up and say, we have to change gun laws. We have to change what we're doing about antidepressants. We have to change about culturally what we're doing with how guns and um, kids that are struggling in school are going to be treated, and uh, there are kids. There are kids that that I mean, if if you believe what you read, that 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 um, that now it's almost a competition. Yeah. Like I mean, sick kids that are yeah. like, oh, I have to get, I, I have to get the record. I mean, yeah. they have they have heard from kids or seen evidence of kids say, I mean, that is fucking crazy that anybody would just sit there and go, oh, what is the record? I got it. I mean, think about that. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Yeah. And we, you know, and then we think about what the solution is. That's what I think about. When was the last time well, you said gun control? Yeah, I believe gun control is a massive solution. Um, Good. I do not think that. I didn't expect you to say that. I don't think a 19-year-old kid should have access to an AR-15. I don't think you know, he should be able to buy a pistol. Fortunately, he can't. But if you can't buy a pistol, how can you buy a semi-automatic AR? Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't make sense to me. You're like, um, first of all, I'm a massive proponent of every single amendment of the Constitution. You know, to include the Second Amendment, First Amendment, Tenth Amendment, all of them. I like them all. Mm -hmm. I like them all equally, and I think that they're all, like, very important. I love the NC, and I, I love AACP. I love not what the... NRA does, but what they should do, which is protect the Second Amendment. Like everybody thinks that they're supposed to be protecting the Second Amendment, but really they're just pr pr protecting sales of some product. Right. Um, when was the last time a kid was burnt in a f in in school? Like when a, there was a fire in the school and the school burnt down, a bunch of kids died. It used to happen all the time, mm -hmm. right? 1910, 1920, 1930. No, it happens in nightclubs and raves yeah. and. But not in schools. No. Why doesn't it happen in schools? I have no idea. Because we have fire extinguishers. They got freaking fire extinguishers. Look how smart I am. That's right, Lance. And they have fireproof walls, and they have a great response time. They have fire drills. And we took all of these protective measures, mm -hmm. and we don't let kids walk in with flammable things. Um, but we took all of these preventative me measures that ultimately 
started saving lives mm -hmm. and stopped having fires in schools and stopped having kids burn when there were fires. But now we're like, oh wait, we've now had what, 20 school shootings, but we haven't done anything. Kids can, can still get guns. They're still on medications. They're still trying to smuggle guns into school, but then not, and then getting expelled for it, but then not having the repercussions of being put on a list that prevents them from buying a gun. Like that Nick Cruz kid bought his gun legally. That's insane. Right. How is that possible? Well, and all the other, the, the you know, the, the calls they had had. I mean, they, it wasn't a surprise that this kid was going to, or potentially was looking to do something like this, could do something like this. I mean, it, it, the, the, the checks along the way, uh, I mean, they just completely failed. Yeah, they failed. Government failed. As, as the same with the, the, the church shooting just south of yeah. Austin. An hour here. away from here. Yeah. Sa same red flags in place. That's where I, you know, I'm not a big gun. Guns freak me out. But you're a sniper. Okay, that's, you know, that's like you saying bikes freak you out. Like, right, I ride bikes fast. You shoot guns better than anybody else, but they just fucking freak me out. Like the the noise of them, and I've been you know on all these USO trips where they let us shoot the guns, yeah. and I've been out to uh, you know ranches and shot big guns. I it just I don't know. I have I guns do. that are really really quiet. You can shoot those and not hot because then they get really hot. No, too. they don't get hot either. Yeah, but no, they just <laughs> freak me out. And so um, I don't even know where I was going with that, but um, it, it just. Uh, I don't know, man. I struggle with it. And growing up in Texas, it was like it's so so much of a part, part of, of the culture. The culture here, yeah. It's not like growing up in in New York City or or Los Angeles. We're like, whoa, God, what do you mean? I mean, in Texas, like if you don't have a people ask all the time, dude, you got guns? I was like, hell no, I don't have yeah. guns. No. Now they're 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 definitely not for everybody. Now after two thousand and one uh, during nine eleven, you know, we looked at pilots and mm -hmm. and we said. This could have been stopped with one guy with a gun on this plane. You know, they didn't need to fly into the Pentagon. They didn't need to fly in those two towers. And um, and we asked pilots, we said, if you guys wanted to carry guns, would you? And lo and behold, the majority didn't want to. And God bless them. That's completely awesome. And that's their choice. But then there was a, a few that said, yeah, I would love to carry a gun on the plane. Mm. Is there ammo that can that wouldn't damage the plane that could that's frangible that that would stop in a body and not um, destroy the fuselage and right. and make it be a catastrophic incident? Like, yeah, we have that ammunition. It's frangible ammo. So then we created a protocol to train these pilots and made them go through like how we're seated right now, where they could draw from their pilot seat and shoot over their shoulder. They'd have to accurately engage targets from a seated position. They had to go through hours and hours of training. They had to do um, some psychological evaluations. They had to see a psychologist. And how many times since 9-11 have we had a hostage incident in the United States on a plane? Yeah. Never. never. It'll never happen again because we took preventative measures to ensure that happened. Yeah. You know, so there are solutions to fixing problems, you know, and, and some, we just have to like, yeah, I want a school to be a place that it is safe to learn. And, and that the whole purpose is that educators have an opportunity to, to nurture these beautiful minds and make them be productive members of society. But that can only happen if it's safe. And right now it's not, yeah. you know, so we have to fix gun laws. We have to fix depression, antidepressant medications. We have to, prepare schools, teachers, faculty members, how to make that place safe. And, and, and what about solutions. arming the teachers? Um, I think the, the same model 
that was applied to pilots. Pilots, it's the same could, thing. Could be, could be. You have, you know, like, you cannot force somebody to take a gun. Mm. You cannot, and then somebody that really wants to have a gun doesn't necessarily, that should not necessarily be the person that should have a gun. But finding the same process and picking the, our pilots, and we have, uh, I can't tell you how many, but we have a lot, like mm. thousands and thousands of pilots that carry in that cockpit. Um, and they are- Really? Yes, screened rigorously, like psychological evaluations, personality tests, <laughs> and they have to qualify. Um, and I'll tell you what, nobody will ever take control of the plane again. And uh, that beautiful, man, heartbreaking, but the contrast of, of selflessness, the assistant football coach in Parkland that, that stepped in, you know, are you familiar with this? Mm -mm. Oh man, I almost don't want to tell you because I'll get goosebumps. One of the football coaches at the school shooting, um, when he heard the gunfire, he stepped into the hallway with Nick, the insane murderer, at one end of the hallway. He, he's a huge, 340-pound guy. Wow. Grabbed kids, shuffled them in front of them, in front of him, as he's getting shot in the back, and he pushes kids into the doorway. And the kids, they all, they, they all said he was a gentle giant. Um, if you go to my Instagram page, I actually... Um, because I was present and, and, and all the kids were talking about it. They're like, coach saved us. Coach sat, like grabbed us and put him, like he was a bullet blocker. He was big enough to stop those bullets and he just grabbed these kids and put them in front of him and started pushing them in front of rooms. And he got shot a few dozen times before he finally died. Oh. Give that guy a gun. Mm. Make that guy, you know, he probably wouldn't volunteer for it. You know, maybe he's like, man, I want to save these kids. I just don't want to do. Send him to me for 80 hours. And I will make him not have to die. You know, like Patton said, it's not your job to die for your country. It's to make that damn bastard die for his yeah. and, um, and make it efficient, you know, make him protect those kids efficiently. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Oh God, it's a gorgeous story. Now, just so I'm clear, cause that, what is in that bag? That's a gun. Oh yeah. That's okay. Loaded. There's not a round in the chamber. It's what we call an Israeli draw. So I take the gun out. And I rack a chamber. A lot of people don't like that I carry that way, but I have a two-year-old, and they're re he's really handsy. He likes everything that Dan. Dad no, yeah, has. I, I'm I'm glad he's not sitting right here. Yeah. So my Israeli draw is like a 1.5 second, whereas like my draw um, with around in the chamber is like 0.6 seconds. Um, I'll take that extra half a second to make sure <clears throat> that my son can't. No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, did Everywhere did Meyer have a gun on the table? It was in the kitchen. And oh, yeah. Was that gun at the gym? Yeah, yeah, right next to me the whole oh. time. Remember, I kept moving the bag from everywhere that we were working. No, I didn't. I missed that part. Yeah, it's within hands distance <clears throat> everywhere I go, every minute that I'm at, that I'm alive. Hmm. I mean, but you guys are safe. No, I promise. And so, now I remember what I was trying to say a second ago. So, I mean, the, the gun thing I struggle with. I, I mean, everybody that listens to this show knows that, but. But the church shooting down here, right? So, and I had I had this this discussion, debate, everything with Anna, just after that shooting. This guy's in there, complete fucking lunatic, just killing all these people. Walks out, and then a neighbor hears, "Oh my god, somebody's getting shot up here." Yeah. Neighbor walks out with a shotgun. This dude walks, and boom, yeah, he shoots him. Yeah. So as much as I hate, I just hate the gun thing. I'm like, well, God, I get that. Like yeah. if that guy doesn't. Injure him and and make him you know so that he just stops killing people. There's no telling what he does. He just he may just go down to the grocery store and keep going. Yeah, I mean school shootings have had 
where there's a paid armed guard present? Well, that's a whole nother story here. I mean, yeah. this, this poor guy, not poor guy, I mean, this fucking guy that, that, that didn't, I mean, in the, you know. In He's this, a school resource officer. I'm talking about paid security by the school. Oh, I don't know. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking a guy that's waiting to retire that's part of some school program, DARE, you know, like rape prevention anti-drug is that what he was the, yeah the, the... yeah he's the he's essentially the dare officer he's he's the human or he's the school resource officer and let him i mean that poor man is gonna live no, with that conscience forever for their... and and in this day and age as know, it should there's cameras everywhere and and you know they see him just just hunkered down yeah i got i, I uh compare that to the football coach yeah yeah the school resource officer had a gun and body armor no, and he was hiding behind, you know, a behind concrete a wall. wall. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. That's Life's a beautiful thing, though. You it's know, worth protecting. I didn't feel very safe before we started, but now that I know there's a loaded gun here, I'm we're good. I, I feel good. I mean, yeah. there's no telling. Uh, I I don't like sitting with my back to the door, but I'm doing this oh, for uh, for you. <laughs> All the guests sit there. No, but God if I, if I knew that it really bugged you that bad, I would have been happy to turn around or you know move around. Let's talk. Well, first, actually, you know what? What is a sniper? Like, if I think of sniper, I think of the movie, right? I think mm -hmm. of, of of American Sniper. Yeah, Chris Kyle. Um, so a sniper, first and foremost, is. I mean, I think that's probably what most Americans. They think, okay, you sit on yeah. rooftops and you're, you know, you can shoot a mile away, super accurate. Mile and change for sure. Um, we are intelligence gatherers first. You know, we, we're kind of eyes to the battlefield. Um, you know, we, we have drones, but a, a drone doesn't have the ability to have the human perspective. Mm -hmm. So a commander, let's say you're my boss, you're my general, and you say, hey, I want to know what's in this area. So they can send a sniper into that area and we can um, do reconnaissance and we can count people and we can get general impressions about their capability, what, you, what equipment they're using. Um, and then if need be, we can interdict you know so like the um the psychological effect that a sniper has i can't explain when you hear a, a sniper gun sounds different than all other guns mm -hmm. and when you hear something go pop and hit something and then you hear the crack about three four seconds later right. you watch if there's five thousand people in the valley below you, you watch 5,000 people get on the ground and start crawling, pushing their dicks into the dirt as much as they can to the, the, the closest thing they can find for cover. That is the psychological effect of a sniper. So not only can we accumulate um, very tangible information and then relay that, the, um, we can also strike a very powerful, emotional, psychological bullet into the morale of the enemy. <clears throat> Right. It's a weird job. It's a good job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and so you go in, you, you, you joined the Green Braves in 2004. I, yeah, I, I enlist, I walked in the recruiter's office on September 11th. Um, the plane smashed, I was on the West Coast, but I was, um, I was in college. They, they, um, waited for me to finish grad school and then, and then I went into basic training. Mm hmm. So it took two, whatever two two years for for me to get into basic training from the time I walked in the recruiter's office. Mm -hmm. And when, and then, because it's the same story as Pat Tillman, 
right? So Tillman mm-hmm. yep. sees the towers and says, you know, of course he's playing in the NFL and it's a crazy story, but any overlap there? He went to Ranger Regiment, mm-hmm. which is also in the special operations community. Um, Green Berets and Rangers have very different jobs. They're, they're a direct action light infantry unit. Mm-hmm. So they're like, they're going to hop out of parachutes and take over an airfield. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hop out of an airplane and parachute and then bribe and convince a bunch of local guerrillas to go take the airfield for me. Right? Very different. Yeah. Same objective. Take the airfield. We just go about it a way different way. Right. Um, so, yeah, a lot of overlap. Same places. Kind in of, their language or in, in their language? Or you have translators? Both. Yeah. All special operations guys um, are required to have a second language. Um, and pretty much every single one of us <laughs> is, like, I thought I'd be an exceptional guy. I was a professional athlete, you know, already spoken another language. I was a competitive shooter. And I got to special forces and I was the same as everybody there yeah if not in one article i read you were you were you you thought you were going to come in and just be like i got this yeah i've tried i've done this stuff my whole yeah, life and i was the dumbest slowest yeah, slowest worst um, shot yeah and least experienced obviously being the newest guy so i was just complete liability to the team and how many missions over there or whatever you how many tours i should say oh tour i i have um i leave again in a few weeks and that will be my uh, my baker dozen, I'll be at 13 deployments. You know, I mean, I, you are crazy. I know, I know I can tell that you're crazy and I see it in the gym that I'm like, that motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> and then I read, and you just confirmed it, that you re-enlisted last year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that is just, that is crazy. But all you guys want to do that. I mean, Dakota Meyer wants to do that. You wanted to do that. You know, the, 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 uh, all my old seal, but like they, they come home and the speed limit's 35, and the baby's crying, and you got kid drop-off, and... I'm, I'm definitely... I mean, what, what, dude? What? I love the baby crying. I love the school drop-off. Um, I am sane because of that. Yeah. Like, I love being home, and I fight tooth and nail for every single second to, to not be away. Um, but I know... The thing that hurts me the worst is... The things I've done and seen overseas, I'm starting to see here. And the whole point of everything that I've ever done is to never, I had always hoped that that would never happen, mm-hmm. right? I would never see somebody drive down the road on a scooter and throw acid on little girls because they're walking to school because little girls, they shouldn't go to school, mm-hmm. you know, according to an insane fanatic religion. Um, but now we're seeing that in Michigan you know, in Dearborn, you know, and we're um, seeing people go to Christmas parties in San Bernardino and start shooting people right, right. and then going to a gay nightclub in Florida and shooting yeah. people. Like those are things that I see overseas. Mm-hmm. And I like wanted to fight those things over there. So I wouldn't have to see them here, but now I'm seeing them here and I'm like, God damn it. You know? So you're going, wait, tell me again. You're going back when? Uh, in, and going where? To where the good stuff is. Afghanistan, Iraq, Africa. I, I can't say where I'm going or when I'm going, but it's like in the very near future. Will you like shoot me a text when you're leaving? Yeah. Wow. But not text. I'll be like, this is where I'm leaving. And how long do you have to go for? Can you say that? Do you know that? Yeah, it depends on... Um, a week, a year? It's a... Uh, we go and do admit, We go and do a job. So like our job is to get 
this airfield open, or our job is to get this warlord to not let people cross his property and make it to this terrorist camp that we know is directly north of his property. So if he's cool with that and I don't have to pay him too much money, then I can do that in what, like two conversations? Yeah. You know, sometimes that takes a long, a long time. We got to hang out with them, you know, like eat some really crappy goat, get diarrhea. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would re-enlist too. Everything you just said sounds fucking amazing. Goat? Diarrhea? Some, Come on. Some I'm in. shitty goat. Yeah. Then so you General Mattis is awesome. <clears throat> and that was a huge contributing factor to me re-enlisting. Um, he is just a leader that we haven't that you that you only get once a generation. And um when I when I, I knew that he was gonna be, you know, Secretary of Defense, like talk about <laughs> a guy you want to work for. It's one of those guys that you'd fall into hell, you know. Yeah. Like Vince Lombardi or something. Yeah. Or some inspirational leader. Yeah. What what can we I mean, because we're talking about you guys going back, and I know, I know, I mean, I know a lot of you guys, and and you miss it. But the reality is, most guys don't go back. Most guys come back here and stay here, and it, it it's tough. It's tough. What what could we as a society, whether it's it's just as a friend, as a neighbor, as a as a colleague, or or as a classmate, but also just as the system, what can we do better? You know, uh, Austin. God, I love the city. Right? Don't you love it here? I do love it here. I do too. Um, yeah, you know, I live Northwest, and the school that my my son goes to, they're like, he's one. Well, there's tw there's twelve or fourteen kids in his class, and he was only there a couple hours mm -hmm. a few days a week. But um, my daughters too, at their schools, they um, as little white kids, they're like one in ten, and like when a new when a new Indian family moves into our neighborhood, um, what do we do with them, right? How, how, how do we, we want to understand them, right? We want to like understand their food and we understand how they talk and we understand um, how they eat and we understand like um, how we live and should I take my shoes off when I walk inside and okay, I don't bring over a beef dish, you know, and like a bunch of important things for us to understand how to not offend them and how to, to cause they're, they live different than us. These guys coming back, they're different, yeah. you know? And you gotta learn how they talk. You gotta learn how they work. You gotta give them purpose. They're purpose-driven. I mean, they're like some of the most incredible employees and beautiful humans, and, and they understand selflessness, they understand hard work, but um, they're also broken little things. And, um, and it takes a little effort, but if you're gonna take that time and that effort to, to get familiar with that new Mexican family that moved next door to you, you know, and you're trying to learn some, some new Spanish idiomatic expressions so, so you can kind of converse comfortably with them. Like maybe do that with that weird dude that is, you know, that has that beard and a couple extra tattoos that just got back from his fourth deployment. Yeah. You know, just take that same little bit of time. And that's what it is. The only difference is we're just a little bit scared because, you know, one of them is just a Mexican family and the other one for the past four years has, you know, been fighting wars overseas. Right. But it's just, it's still just being a human. And has an edge to him. Yeah. And, and is like. But it's still just a person. Right. You know, and um, if I'm going to take that time to try to learn, you know, that new Vietnamese family that moved right behind up my house, like, like, well, let me Google and figure out what the best dishes are and let's mm -hmm. figure out like culturally. And so I can not sound like a total idiot, you know, when I go over in there and, and talk to them for the first time, maybe learn how to say, hey, in their, in their native language, because I know that they barely speak any English. Um, why don't I just take that same effort and do it for a veteran? Right. You know? Well, you're different, obviously, than me or most people listening. Well, I, 
Yeah. I mean, you're you're that guy. I mean, you're the, you're you're uh, well. Uh, you know, I mean, it's. I hear you. I hear you, and. and but I, but I I see the struggle. Like in my friends, I see the struggle. They're like you know they, and you know I've never I've never seen a dead person. I've never killed another person. I've yeah. never lived you know these things that you have to live with the rest of your life, right? And and we don't understand. Most people don't understand that, and so you you understand it. My friend, you know, our mutual friends understand it. But dude, it's heavy. I mean, I, I've never. Um... My sister has never had to poop in a bucket and carry it outside and, you know, throw it in the river um, or have to, had to clean a goat, you know, like right. an Afghani family just moving back. But if a F Afghani family moved next to my sister, my sister surely would go and try to the best mm -hmm. of her ability to tr try to find common ground and try to like, and that's, that's all I think we have to do. You know, if, if that edgy tough brass guy that uses you know fuck as a comma a noun a verb um you know that has a beard just just find of, some common ground bunch of bumper stickers yeah too many bumper stickers that's a lot of bumper yeah. stickers yeah i have no tattoos i have no beard i have no bumper stickers um, um yeah you're pretty you're pretty clean cut but you are you are dude you're crazy i'm just gonna tell you um, let's talk about this show. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the Discovery Show. You yeah. know, I have a long history with Discovery Channel. That's do you really? They sponsored our team from oh, I once Postal left. They we were the Discovery Channel, two thousand five through two thousand seven. The we, team, yeah, won a tour, and then actually they won. We won two tours with that team. Amazing. Do you like them, Discovery? Yeah, they were great. And like, and there was a guy. He's no longer there. Billy Campbell ran it at the time. He was just a stand-up guy total a plus but everybody i mean the i forget the fellow what's the fellow's name that started discovery channel john shit i should know anyways no everybody was great but that that, that doesn't matter what i think let's talk, i want to hear about this show because the show is called hard to kill did i get that right that's it yeah tim kennedy <laughs> hard to kill yeah and so i, is, I love is, how the segue into this is you're completely crazy and now we're going right yeah and let's go straight to it and okay. so just so i'm clear because this is what i think it is so basically they just do everything they can to literally try to kill you yeah well that does happen but that's not the show the okay, show good. is um anthony bourdain sights unseen think that first okay so the show's not supposed to have anything to do with me the the heroes of the show the guys that are hard to kill are the guys and gals that do insert some crazy ass job whether it's like an experimental test pilot or you're a north atlantic fisherman or you're an ice road trucker or you're a you know some crazy job that you normally die in these are actual examples or these are just... actual examples okay and um we find a job that is inherently dangerous that people die in all the time <clears throat> and we it ha a necessary element for us to pick that job it has to be embedded in the american culture you know it has to be like part of who we are like putting food on our table putting gas in our cars providing delivering medications to little farm villages in alaska it's like it just inherently american mm -hmm. and then it's dangerous as hell so that's the job and then we find what is the worst case scenario what is the worst day of the job what is that thing or that example where these people die you know for ice road trucker it's when it goes underwater you know, for a North Atlantic fisherman, it's when he gets pulled overboard or the boat sinks or the boat catches on fire. For an experimental <laughs> test pilot, 
It's when the plane rips apart around them and they're flying a, a, a prototype plane or they have to eject or the plane catches on fire and they crash in the desert and they have to survive. So we find these examples and these instances of the worst day and I do the job and then I do that worst day. And I see... So they can replicate? I guess they can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, we can crash a plane with me inside of it in the desert. That sounds fun. And it's completely moronic. Did that. You know, we can, we can take my visor and we can put ice on it and throw me out of it at an altitude that we can't breathe because it's so high and in a dead spin. So I can't even see where the horizon is and see if I can actually gain stability before I throw my parachute so I don't land on the ground and die. Put me inside of a plane, set on fire with aviation fluid, stick me inside of a boat, sink it and set it on fire and see if I can get out. Um, make me, put me inside of a helicopter, crash in the Arctic Ocean, so then I have to swim to an iceberg and then live on the iceberg. But these, but when I say it, it, it's not about me, it's not. Because every single one of those things somebody has done before and lived. Yeah. So then I have to go and, and it's almost like pay credence or like homage, hom, homage, homage, yeah. homage, 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 homage. To, uh, to the guys and gals that have selflessly. And they're on the show too. Yeah. The actual people. Yeah. Yeah, because the way, you know, I was just telling you fucking crazy for re-enlisting, but all these things you just listed, I think it's probably not a bad idea that you re-enlist. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. No, everything you just said, send me back to wherever you're going. Man, you give me a gun, and I, I'm not like Superman, you know, but like if there's a gun in my hand, everything around me is can, pretty much going to be okay. You know? <laughs> You, you put me in a parachute and throw me out of a plane with my visor frozen. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. So do you get scared? Like, uh, you got to get scared doing that stuff. I mean, I, and when I say scared, I mean, like, like really scared. Like, I, holy shit, I'm not going to make it. Scared. The, um, oh, I that lost. Means, that means yes. I lost the, um, like, I have no fear of height. Like, if you put me on it. In a, in a helicopter and you fly it up to you know ten thousand feet and you sit me in the door there's like a string in my chest that's like pulling me all the time you know like just like just just push off you know like just step off the skids <laughs> and um and that goes for everything so when when i get in those instances where they okay it's it's showtime tim you know because the the thing that discovery said no stunts this is not a stunt show. This is not a, a jackass. This isn't a fear factor. This isn't, okay, there's a cable that's that's holding you. You know, so when you jump, you're going to be okay. Right. This is, you know, if you, I've seen the inside of my own body a few times already, you know, like, like all these little, like, this is all infection from glass that yeah, got glass. stuck in my leg last yeah. week. Um, so I don't have like the fear thing. What I have is a, um, like right before you start a race, mm -hmm. you weren't scared, but you're like in the zone, right? Like yeah. you're focused and it's the exact it's, I same. I was excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's excited. I think is another word for scared sometimes. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a confidence. It's a, but, I, but I'm different than you, man. I, I, I don't like heights. I get claustrophobic. You know, I just, you know, you don't I'm, like losing. I, I don't like lose. Well, I don't like so, losing, but, but I also don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm 46 years old. I'm not going to go do that shit. There's just no way, no how. I don't yeah. care um, how many zeros are behind the offer. The thing that you said before our workout today, which I think is maybe needs to be the ad, is for next season of this series, of the show, is that the insurance company is insisting that one of their agents is on site every minute 
that the show was being shot. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Like, we're no, 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 time out. We're not doing that. I mean, that shows you how crazy that shit is. Yeah. When, when we, for season one, um, when we're like, all right, we're going to be blowing up uh, a car, and we'd like to have Tim inside of the car when we set off the explosives um, for an EOD IED episode. Uh, the, the insurance company is just, I'm sorry, is this a joke? Like, right, right. Because we not, not only know, but hell no. And additionally, um, we are now going to be reviewing everything you're going to be doing in the future episodes because like, we legitimately thought that this was a joke. Like this is a joke email, but you're not joking. So I don't, we don't know what to do right now. Please, please never email us again and stop filming the show. <laughs> it's essentially what they said, but yeah. we, we found common ground. We compromised. And when did, like we get, when did we get to see it? When is the show? Episode one is pretty much, so we have Eight I episodes. Mean, we have eight, six episodes are in the can. We have two episodes to film, and um, and the first two episodes are pretty much finished. You know, like um, so before, yeah. So before they, they'll probably get four done before they give a a release date. So probably six, six, seven weeks. Mm-hmm. I would guess on Discovery Channel. On Discovery, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's exciting. It's scary. Um, and then what do they, they then decide, I guess, obviously, uh, they see how it does, and then they decide to pick it up again, or mm-hmm. they've already, or is this something that's going on? For your sake, I hope they kind of drop it, but. <laughs> um, man, I want to change the world. I want to change America. And uh, so, you know, I'll take some risks. Why don't you run for office? Yeah, I don't know if that's ever an option. <laughs> well, I mean, that's. Um, I would really like to affect who goes into office, mm. but um, I promised my my wife and some of the things that I did in war. I just don't think people would ever understand, and they would come out, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is a back back to how do we understand veterans? Um, you know, if I if I explain some of the things that I'd done, like I just don't think anybody would understand that, yeah. you know. And uh, and there are other people there. There are drones there. There's going to be footage there. There's going to be helmet cams. There's going to be gun cams. And they're like, man, I saw Tim this one time. This guy was reaching for a gun and he shot him. Just he didn't even have a gun, but he's you know like but he's reaching for it. Yeah, but you just shot an unarmed guy. He's like, ah, man. Uh, it's things like that. Like, how do you explain that? War is a weird, ugly, horrible. No, I place. I I think about it and talk about it a lot on the show. Like I I, I you know I don't the um, there are certain things in life and in uh, in this world that just shouldn't there shouldn't be helmet cams and gun cams and and it's you know the media embedded in war like are you kidding I, I don't know I don't I don't agree with that I don't agree with that and 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 it gets not that I've ever been to war but I, and I I touch on it a lot on here like you know our world was it was kind of a war I mean it was it was a messy place it was fucking you know it was a gunfight and you know then now it's like oh you know everybody pretends to know everything about what happened in that fight and it's 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 tough it's a tough it's a tough one to to try to unwind yeah i really believe in like freedom of information Mm -hmm. you know like i i think we the people i have always are supposed to be the most powerful thing in this country 
you know, like not 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 the mob. I'm not talking because that's what brought Rome down. I'm talking about the people, you know, like the people that care, people that work, people that pay taxes, yeah. people that vote. Uh, those people. Um, not that the other people aren't less important, but there's some that are just along for the ride, and there's other then there's others that care, and those are, those are the we the people. Um, you know, I was like. I always struggled with like uh, Snowden. I'm like, is that guy a traitor or is that guy a patriot? You know, and um, do we, do I want people to know how we have right. access to, you know, I can look inside of your phone and see what you liked on Facebook and where you've been. And, you know, and, and ultimately I, I just have to go back to that beautiful constitution of ours and be like, no, no, we shouldn't. Well, should the people have access to the things that we do, that I do overseas? You know, I think they should. You know, and I, I should be judged accordingly. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not understand it, but, um, you know, so that's maybe yeah. why I'll never run for office. Yeah, there you go. So in your super, you know, on your socials and stuff, I've, obviously we follow each other on Twitter, so I, I see, you know, very passionate responses from you. Um, you know, of course, there's so much noise on social media now, it's hard to, like, you know, to cull a lot of it. But one of the most passionate responses you had was with regards to Bo Bergdahl yeah. and, and the situation, which we all know about now, right? So exchanging five quote-unquote bad guys for Bo Bergdahl comes back. Um, you were, your response to that was... was uh, Acute. Yeah, no, it, it was, um, that was, that was a sensitive area for you. It is. Uh, one of my friends, actually, that's going to be running for office, uh, he was a major at the time and he got in gunfights trying to find mm -hmm. Bo Bergdahl. Right. And some of his guys got hurt. Unfortunately, they're special forces guys. None of them died, but they got hurt. Um, and they're trying to go and look for a guy that just walked off base, mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't happy with his command climate. And um, I get it. You know, sometimes you don't like your boss. Mm -hmm. I've had plenty of bosses I didn't like working for. Right. Um, and, uh, but I've never, it, like, never even crossed my mind and never even, like, in the worst nightmare of a consideration did, it, did I consider putting other minute lives at risk for my own selfishness. But then, um, to, like, add injury to insult, you know, the, the guys that we traded for, that traitor, um, those were men that killed Americans. Mm. Those were men that tortured and burnt alive Americans that dragged guys through the streets and backs of cars that hung guys from bridges, uh, their dead, desecrated bodies. Um, those are the men that we traded for that for Bo Bergdahl. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that that hurts. You know, mm -hmm. do I think that we should ever leave? A, like, I believe we never leave a guy behind. You know, um, but there's other ways to get him. Yeah, like send me and 50 of my friends in with him to go get him. Right. You know, I'm as opposed to the, to a trade, to, to a swap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All 50 of us, right. Like, we have to go get that trader. Cool. We'll go do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're you know, some of us are going to get shot for him. Maybe we'll still go do it. But there were guys who were not fatally injured, but permanently. Injured. I mean, the injuries that, that one or two of these guys suffered out looking for Bo Bergdahl were, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Changed their lives forever. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I, you know. And those five guys that we traded, they went right to work. 
They, yeah, they got. Not, they went back home, right? I mean, it wasn't like they. Well, yeah, no, they, they went right back them. to to yeah. to work, like to being terrorists. Like, oh, cool. We'll take this guy so he can go stand trial for treason. And you five guys, you guys just go right back to 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 being terrorists. And that's mm. what they did. You know. Mm. I think we, we. I think we've killed a couple of them already. Like they so so far up the tip of the spear. Like we just had to go right back to to having guys like me find him, find yeah. them. Whatever happened, what did they do to him? Did he get jail time or did he, or is it still, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I should, yeah. Hmm. Try to block him out. I, I can tell it's, it's it, and it's your whole, your whole, uh, when I saw you tweeting about this, I was like, ooh, Tim doesn't like this. No. But just, just the, the, it was tense, man. I but can't, I, I can't, uh, I'm not like, clever enough to, to have, different faces you know like mm -hmm. i'm i'm a open you know you'd ask me anything about any you know, i'm just gonna tell you exactly what i think yeah. you know i'm too too honest or too dumb to to be able to play any trickaroo i know so here's a quote i love this quote of yours this this article in, in muscle and performance somebody they were asking you about uh should should People in the military, men and women in the military train like athletes. You said, absolutely. If I see a soldier who's fat wearing a uniform, mm -hmm. I pretty much go from being the super nice, fun-loving guy you can drink a beer with to a jerk, lickety-split. I think there's a certain amount of responsibility that goes along with wearing the uniform. I don't care what your job is. I don't care if you're in the JAG office doing wills for guys, deploying or power of attorney for the wives. You wear a uniform, do not be a fat piece of shit, end quote. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's pretty much spot on. Um, it's, it's a bigger thing than just how you look. Like, well, so 670-1, which is, the, is wear of uniform and appearance. It's, it's the army regulation that tells us how long our hair can be. Mm -hmm. I'm out of regulations right now. Um, uh, how, how, what you're supposed to, the badges you're supposed to wear and the tabs you're supposed to wear and how it's supposed to be fitted. Um, that's the, an important one. I care more about like the intent of the law than the letter of the law. I care like the the guy that's a fat piece of turd. That's the guy that um that doesn't have the pride and the self respect in wearing that uniform, and and that's gonna trickle down to his performance in his job, how he treats his fellow soldiers, how he treats his command, and um you know like and how he is as a human. Right. So like like you put on that uniform, you you're paying my tax, you're paying my salary, you know, and you and you and you. You know, and, and it's not like I don't have a right to be there. I'm a servant. I'm a I'm, I'm a I'm a civil servant working for the people. So like, there's a responsibility associated with that. You know, and um, and guys forget that they they put on that uniform, they get issued a gun, they're like, I'm fucking GI Joe. You know, like right. God bless America. You know, <laughs> come take it or don't tread on me. Blah 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 blah. All the stupid things that they say when really they're just supposed to be servants. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And no, you have this other this this is uh this whole article is about just the workout your the way you live your life, right? Which is in the, but this one you know, the, the, you go on and on about how you work out and the, uh, the symbiotic relationship between all of the things you do whether it's TV or military or family. But uh I love that the last quote says it's 24/7 and it's what I've chose to do until the day I die. Yeah. Like that's I I, I I'm the same way. I so get it. Like it's, and I and I think that's actually probably why we've, you know, in the gym be like, "What's up, man?" Like, 
and and I see all the other, you know, they have all these kids for the NFL Combine in there right now. These young kids, and I'm just a fucking old man. They were like, but they're like, but I I'm in there for one hour and I kill it for one hour and then I leave. But I'm sure these young twenty year old kids are like, damn, look at that old man over there. Like, what is he? He don't need to be here. Yeah. Like, but I, I I'm gonna be ninety and doing that if I yeah. make it to ninety or, or eighty it. or whatever. Yeah, like. Pfft. I can't imagine not doing that. Pretty crazy, and that and that 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 echoes into everything else that we do. Mm. You know that 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 um that synergy. You know that there's you know, if you, if you have these bubbles and, and fitness is a bubble. You know and and diet is a bubble and sleep and sex and and all of those things are intersecting, um, and one makes the other one better. And the other one makes the other one better. And the other one makes the other one better. And the other one makes the other one better. And you know, if you look at some of the cultures, um, some of the warrior cultures from from the Spartans to the samurai to the Romans, you know, you see philosophers, you see artists, um, but you see guys that are dedicated to um, a lifestyle. You know, and, and you have that lifestyle, and I have that lifestyle where we're like, man, we we appreciate great art, and we appreciate culture, and we appreciate food, and we appreciate sex, and we appreciate good sleep, and you know, but like. We live our lives in extremes, and it's almost the contrasts of those things that bring um, balance. You know, like from I'm sure when you're picking up those medicine balls today and doing that sprint and then flipping that 400 and something pound tire, you're like not spots, you know, not like you're blacking out, but there's a degree where your awareness was like just getting tunneled into like yeah. this one task. <laughs> no, I was like, what am I doing? That's, That's a beautiful weight. thing. The tire weighed 400 pounds. Uh huh. What? Yeah. I'm glad I didn't know that before. Yeah. I wouldn't have run down there and even put my hands underneath mm -hmm. it. 400 pounds? Yeah. For, for you to lift the whole thing up off the ground. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so, you know, for, still. for one side, we're talking a, a two, 280, 290 pound deadlift into a push press. Wow. So that's massive volume. I mean, that's massive weight. Wow. I love that. And then you, you know, this was, I have two more questions. Um, mm -hmm. um, but the MMA thing, I, I cannot watch MMA. No, I, I don't like it either. Really? Yeah, really. I'm I glad, but I, I, mean, watch, I can't. I it. It's I can watch boxing. I can watch, but I have a hard time I, watching boxing too. Well, I don't watch. And we've been to a couple live fights, and I love the, the pageantry of all that. And maybe MMA would be different live, but. It is so fucking brutal. Like, I, I just can't. I don't know, man. Yeah. And it's, I, um, it's, the thing is just, it's become a, such a major sport in our country, internationally even. Yeah, there, there's about three. Yeah, you decided to do that too. Four, there's three or four people that I'll watch because they're like my legitimate friends that I love. You know, they're like, and I'm not watching them to see if they win or lose. I'm watching to see if they get hurt. Mm. And uh, that's the only reason I'm watching it. Um, how how padded are the gloves? They're not padded at all. They're not. It no, it's amazing. Yeah, they're they're, just, they're they're it's even they're, dumber. They're padded to protect your hand, and oh, right. and they're padded to prevent cuts. So if I hit you with just my knuckles, the the pounds per square inch of these little tiny bones hitting you are going to cut you, and then we're going to have a short fight because of bleeding. Well, we don't want that. We want big, exciting fights with knockouts and chokeouts. So the pad, the-, the It just levels it out. Yeah. yeah. So the design of the glove is not to protect anybody, not to protect brains. It is just to make the fight more brutal and last longer. That's why. 
There's your, there's your ad, UFC. There's yeah. your, there's your. Dana White loves me, by the way. Yeah, he loves me. But it's a beautiful thing to see a human be able to be so violent to a friend. Not Some of these guys are friends. Yeah, really, really. Like, it's I was crazy. The last of the fights here in Austin the other day, the guy, this, the, our cowboy Cerrone kicks this guy's ass, <laughs> knocks him out. The guy, after he realizes he's not going to die or whatever, gets out and goes out of the ring, octagon, and hugs Cowboy Cowboy's grandmother. grandmother. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? That show of respect. That is amazing. And yes, he's legit. Like, that guy is tough. He's a tough guy. <laughs> um, but I mean, that, but that's like that's the balance, you know. That's the contrast. That's the that's the ballet of violence, you know. That's like some of the most talented fighters, from the Muhammad Ali's to Anderson Silva's to John Jones and Vitor Belfort's. You know, like they almost uh, it's almost like they're dancing, mm. but they're dancing, inflicting this crazy amount of damage mm. um, in a really artistic way. <laughs> you know? Who is Conor McGregor going to fight? Uh, what's his face? Mayweather? Um, no. No, there's I mean, no there's way. so much money there, though. Maybe if Floyd maybe, came to the he UFC, would, he would get. He wouldn't last one round. Mayweather, maybe they, maybe, I don't know. No, Mayweather would not last five seconds. I, I would give. I would give him because of his footwork. I would give him two minutes. Yeah, you know, and then he would be toast. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, and then I read. I don't know if I believe this or not. What's up with this friendship with Alex Jones? Is that is he your buddy? He's not. We um, Shane actually. He's really good friends with Shane. And is he Shane who we worked out with today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they grew up together. Uh, they went to school together, and they're they're friends. It's um, on your Wikipedia page. That's the only reason I asked. Oh, Wikipedia. It also says I have a, a daughter with a Canadian Olympian swimmer, mm. um, which I don't. Um, I really don't. My wife, I do not. Spring break in the 80s was pretty crazy, <laughs> bro. It was intense. Um, <laughs> Alex gave me an opportunity to have access to his audience, yep. and, and I was... Um, man, I just talked about freedom. You know, like so we you went on the show. We went on a show, yeah. and, and the intent originally, our plan was to do like little video segments showing a freedom in America and how to exercise it. Mm -hmm. You know, because like any anything not used, it has atrophy and it dies. You know, muscles or or brains and freedoms, I think, are the same way. You know, like if, if there's not this tangible exercise of it, it just slowly withers. The, you know, like the First Amendment, especially. And um, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go and, and not take a like amendment of the Constitution and show how to exercise it, but I wanted to demonstrate what that freedom looks like in practice. Mm -hmm. You know, like here, do you know in, in Texas, you can't buy raw milk? Do you know that? You know, I didn't know that. But there's a lot like, of stuff I don't know, but I, I didn't like, know that. I don't like that. You know, okay. I don't like um I don't like anybody telling me what I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do. If if my freedom doesn't affect somebody else, just let me have my freedom. Right. And this is the tricky part about guns, where guns, while I think it's a right, a gun can affect somebody else's freedom, clearly, because it's killing people. Mm -hmm. So that does not mean that everybody gets to have access and our NRA does not like this part. And most Second Amendment gun-toting, gun open-carry people would be like, oh my God, that's horrible, Tim, you shut your face. Um, like everybody does not have the right to have a gun because yeah. that right 
if that is that if that right is negatively affecting other people, then you don't get that. It's not a privilege, but it definitely has to be earned and it has to be shown and demonstrated that you have the um, the right to own it. Yeah. Um, and that you've earned the right. Yeah, you've earned the right, right. which is background checks and legitimate not 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 background checks that we have right now, which don't really do anything. Mm -hmm. Like real background checks right. that um, you know, because you get a form. I'm not sure. You said you don't have a gun, but you pretty much just get a form and you just check the boxes. And if you check the box right, you get to buy a gun. Um, that's insane. That's a background check? That's a background check. Like, that doesn't you can even it. have the gun owner doesn't got it. whose best interest is to make sure you check the box correctly. Like, oh, no, no, maybe you should change box 11A right there and say no, that you are not dishonorably discharged from the military. So then you because if you, if you check that box that way, you can't buy a gun. <laughs> you know, but if you lie on it, um, you've committed a crime. Uh, so there, there is a kind of catch 22 there, right. but, um, huh. yeah, it's a bad deal. All right. Last question. Mm -hmm. What keeps you up? I ask everybody this in, in 2018. What keeps you up at night? Oh man. Uh, failure. Aside from losing your freedoms and failure, uh, yeah. failing my family, failing my friends, failing, um, teammates. Yeah, yeah. The um, no, it's not a reoccurring nightmare. You know, it's not like a, it's not like this thing I struggle with. But um, you know, all of the things that I've done in you know fifteen years in special operations, like I I would be crazy if they weren't for a reason. You know, if they weren't for a purpose. Um, and what is that purpose? You know, it's because I believe in this idea of this country, of this freedom, where like if my homosexual neighbor wants to have a cake that says love wins on it, made from marijuana, that they can have that. And, and fuck, I'll bake it for them, you know? That, and, and, and that's freedom to me. Like you do whatever you want. Um, so that, that nightmare is like failure in all of these things that I've been doing aren't affecting change mm -hmm. positively. Mm -hmm. Where... You know, my my family is struggling, or my friends my my friends are struggling with post traumatic stress, uh, with depression, with alcoholism. Um, America's struggling, you know, like freedoms are struggling, like all these little things, and and ultimately all of those big things come down to me failing um, in my dream. Right. And it's like, and that is that is my that is the personification of my worst nightmare. It's like I have failed. I've failed my family. I've failed my country. I've failed my friends. I've failed my teams. I've just failed. So that's my. That's what I'm scared of. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think many people would look at your your, your life and go, you know, the guy's a failure. <laughs> I don't well, think so, bro. I hope not. No. Well, I'm just gonna keep doing this until I keep die. Keep doing it, and let's keep working out. We will. Yeah. I want to do. Uh, I'm gonna hop in some wolf. I love training with wolf. Come on. Let's I love go. that guy. Yeah. Tim, Weird. thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like I said at the top of the show, any suggestions or questions, send me an email. The new one, the forward at we do.team. And we do is spelled W-E-D-U. The forward at WeDo.team. Thanks for tuning in each and every week. Look forward to talking to you next week.